Hey guys, what's up? This is Sean from nursedose.org. Uh, this is going to be my first podcast, and with it, I think we're just going to talk about my background uh, and how how I got into CBICU nursing as a new grad. Um, just kind of tell you my journey so far when it comes to nursing and kind of what my plans are for the future. So start off, graduated nursing school. Uh, well, actually, so this all kind of starts when... Uh, like the last couple of months of nursing school. So when you're trying to get into an ICU as a new grad, it's um, pretty imperative that you try to get into a residency program. Um, There's a couple of options here where I live. Um, So there are two different hospital systems that, well, there are three different hospital systems that offer uh, residency programs for new grads. The uh, the one that I was looking to get into is one that um, I felt was the most prestigious, offered the most benefits in terms of education, um, and I felt like it would prepare me the most uh, when it comes to me coming straight out of nursing school and going into an ICU. So the program that I got into is very competitive. Uh, something like three to 400 people apply um, each each cycle they do it. Um, and they interview five. And I think out of that, um, two of us got into the ICU, into this, uh, specific, uh, this specific ICU in this hospital here where I live. Um, so this, hospital that I first started working at after graduating nursing school is uh, pretty small relative to the other ones that are in this town, in this city. Um, it had about 150 beds, uh, six floors, um, one ICU. Um, and the ICU was kind of like a mixed ICU. It was, um, so we would take basic, it was basically a medical ICU that also took um, certain specific uh, heart surgeries. So cabbages, um, every now and then maybe a, a dissection repair. But for the most point, most part, it was uh, mainly just cabbages. Um, and it's not to say that the cabbages were particularly stable. Um, a lot of the cabbages that we would do would be pretty high risk. And I think it's just because of the, uh, the surgeons that were doing the surgeries, but anyways, back to the residency. So this residency that I got into, it's, um, basically offered 18 weeks of orientation, uh, with a couple of classes sprinkled in there. Uh, that uh, were off campus. So these classes would include things like hemodynamic monitoring, um, reading x-rays, reading ABGs, uh, how to prime pumps and all that crap, um, which was actually pretty useful because uh, I rarely was able to prime stuff, was rarely able to hang actual medications uh, whenever I was in nursing school, uh, I don't know if it was just me or what, or if the nurses just didn't trust the nursing students, but it was basically, my clinicals are basically just, uh, 
me watching the the nurses uh, do their thing. Um, and then something else that kind of set me back a little bit is um, I, I always thought that I wanted to get into the PICU, the pediatric ICU. Uh, that's where I did my um, my immersion, my final uh, clinicals, where I'm supposed to be taking the the patients, and it just it wasn't for me. Whenever I, everything was said and done, um, and the PICU that I actually did my immersion in was a very small PICU. It had maybe eight beds total. And maybe we'd have at max like five of those filled um, at a time. And a lot of these kids weren't super sick. I mean, you'd have some that were on ventilators, but for the most part, it wasn't anything that uh, I would consider a PICU material. Any other hospital would probably put some of these kids in a, in a intermediate floor. Um, but anyways, so I didn't really get to experience that much in terms of intensive care, uh, with my last, uh, my last clinical. So when I got to this ICU, I kind of needed a lot of help. Um, I needed (laughs) help priming the pumps, uh, all that basic stuff that you're actually supposed to kind of learn in nursing school. I kind of needed to get uh, uh, pounded into me uh, the first couple of weeks. So I know I started off slow, but um, that's just kind of what what you have to expect with new grads. And being a preceptor myself, I kind of have to... um, I have to remind myself of this and just put myself and remind myself that, you know, I was in the same position. So the first couple of weeks on this residency were actually on day shift and it's um, let me see how things kind of ran during the day. Um, it, it, you know, it made me realize how much busier they can be sometimes with all the administration, all the doctors there. So, um, it, it gave me an appreciation for day shift. So as we go through the weeks, uh, as day shift, there's also those classes that I was talking about sprinkled in. So the hemodynamic monitoring, um, how to read x-rays, um, and then, uh, you know, they, they would also sprinkle in some of the, uh, the, um, devices that we would take kind of like uh, balloon pumps uh, and pellas you know we wouldn't actually be certified to use them yet you know you'd have to be there for a year or whatever before they start letting you do that um so and it was just really nice you know 18 weeks orientation is not something that a normal nurse would get uh you know if you think about it that's that's what like four and a half months something like that so it's it, it, it was really nice to have something like that. So um, eventually I get through my orientation. I graduate the residency program and I'm finally on my own. And something about this hospital, it's a private hospital. There's one intensivist um, and then there's, you know, there's some hospitals that have their patients on the floor. So if you start at a um, teaching facility, you kind of, you'll understand that it's a lot different. Um, I currently work at a teaching facility right now. And 
we have residents at our disposal 24 seven. So there's always somebody on the floor and the same can't be said at private facilities, at least the one that I was at. So this facility at night where, uh, which was the shift that I started working on, um, <clears throat> if anything were to happen, you'd have to call the doctor on call. Um, and it, it just, you know, it, you have to be on your toes. You have to know what you're looking for. Um, and it, a lot of the, you have a lot of autonomy. You have to know when, you know, things are kind of going towards uh, needing certain medications and you have to be able to clearly state the situation to the doctor and um, all that stuff. So I, what I'm getting at with all this is that I feel like starting out in a private facility really helped my, um, my practice. It kind of gave me that foundation that I really needed. Um, and I see some of these new grads that come to teaching facilities and I feel like they're not getting the, um, the exposure that they should be getting. Um, and if they ever want to travel outside of a teaching facility, it might be kind of hard. So anyways, uh, what I'm getting at with that is that I, uh, basically, um, if you have the option, I think it'd be really beneficial if you work in a, uh, in a private facility to start off with some, somewhere where they kind of just throw you in. I mean, of course, get into a residency program. You do not want to go from nursing school into a, um, ICU without having some sort of extended orientation. So I go through my my orientation, I graduate, like I said, and um, I, I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, learning how to take care of these patients. Uh, you know, I get some sick patients, I get some easy patients. Uh, you know, they, they're, the charge nurses are really good at most places, giving appropriate assignments to new nurses. Um, but something with me is that I, kind of get a lot of anxiety when uh, I'm introduced to like new patient population, uh, you know, just coming out of nursing school and dealing with these really sick patients that, you know, they're in the ICU. That's where the sickest of the sick go. Um, so something that I did is I got my CCRN as soon as I could. Um, and basically what this did for me is it, uh, it, it, kind of proved to myself that I knew what I was talking about. It proved, it, it gave me a confidence boost that um, I knew how to take care of these patients. I knew the, um, the material uh, and it kind of just made me feel better. It, it made me, uh, it made me study what I needed to study for this group of patients, if that makes sense. So um, a lot of people think that you have to be in the ICU for a year before you can get your CCRN. Um, and it's not true. It's I forget specifically how many hours you need to be working. But if you are a full-time nurse uh, working in the ICU, you only it, it comes out to only like 46 weeks that you need um, before you can actually start taking the CCRN. And I would recommend uh, that anyone in the ICU takes their CCRN as soon as possible. Start studying for it right away because what it does is it, it, it helps solidify the information in your, in your brain. So you, you get 
what uh, you might not get these patients every day that they're testing on, but it's is still in your head for when you get those patients later on. Like I don't get a lot of uh, neuro patients, but if it came down to it, I could take care of a stroke patient uh, if they had to come to our floor for whatever reason, or if it was, you know, a cabbage that suddenly has a stroke, which is, you know, it, it, it happens. So being well-rounded in your field is very important. Uh, so getting your CCRN really helps with that. So uh, that's why I would recommend you do that. Uh, certifications in general just kind of it, it gives you peace of mind that you know what you're doing in your field. You know, it, there, it's not just the CCRN. Uh, there are things for intermediate floors. There's cardiac nursing certifications. Um, I'll get to it later. I have my CSC, which is an off branch of the CCRN, which is a uh, it uh, covers cardiac surgery. So I'm both certified in critical care and cardiac surgery. So um, I get my CCRN and I'm feeling good. I am pretty confident taking care of these patients. You know, you always get those patients that are, you know, throw you for a loop. You drown for a shift, but it, it, it makes you a better nurse um, in the end. So eventually I leave this first hospital that um, I, I uh, got into after nursing school. And um, something that I never did at this hospital, I never took cabbages in my first hospital. Uh, they, for, for you to take a cabbage or any uh, cardiac surgery patient, uh, fresh post-op, they put you through a... Uh, like a set of classes, uh, a course on how to manage, how to land cardiac surgery patients. Um, and it's something that, that takes around like two months to complete. And it involves you actually landing like six patients straight from the OR. Um, it, it involves several more classes that you take off campus. And it was just this whole big thing. And so what this did for me was it it, it put cardiac surgery nurses at like the pinnacle for nursing. And I know everyone will, will have their own opinion on, you know, who the best nurses are, but it, you know, for me it, with this in my eyes, you know, the nurses that took the, uh, the fresh cabbages, the fresh uh, dissections were like amazing. You know, there's so much that can go wrong and there's so much that you need to know. There's so many medications that, uh, need to be given that I, I just felt like it was kind of the pinnacle. So it eventually got to the part to the point where I left this hospital and um, went to a level one trauma uh, hospital here in town um, just to kind of like branch out my experiences. So this is a teaching hospital that I currently work at. And not only do we take cardiac surgery patients, uh, we take cardiac patients, you know, your AFib, uh, your heart failure, all that jazz. But, and then we also take uh, transplant patients. Uh, so liver, kidney, lung, um, those are the main things that we do. Uh, supposedly we do pancreas. I've never seen one. Um, and we, we do not do heart transplants, which kind of disappointed me. But... Um, so when I come to this new hospital, 
I'm still fairly new. Uh, I have experience. I have my CCRN. Um, but so when I come to this new hospital, it, it, they, they tell me that I get uh, eight weeks of orientation. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then uh, I'm like, I asked them, you know, so uh, so y'all get cabbages, uh, cardiac surgery patients. So are y'all gonna, uh, y'all have classes on that? Like, can I eventually take classes on how to do it? And they, they tell me that um, it's basically included into the orientation. And then I learned that um, they'll sometimes take uh, two cabbages, you know, like a post-op day one and a post-op day zero cabbage uh, in the same shift. And this kind of stressed me out. Uh, I, you know, it, it threw me for a loop because I'm so used to being at a place where um, the nurse that gets the cabbage, the post-op day zero cabbage is singled. And that cabbage is usually singled for 24 hours. So until they're like post-op day two. So that kind of stressed me out. But as I got into it, it uh, made me realize how different uh, teaching facilities are from private facilities. Like taking these two cabbages, like taking a cabbage, a post-op day zero cabbage and having another patient really is not a big deal at this teaching facility. Like I said earlier, there's always a resident um, on the floor. Uh, you, there's always um, resources at your disposal, but um, it was it was definitely something to get used to. So um, I did my orientation there. I uh, got on my own and immediately started taking uh, cabbages. I immediately started taking heart valve uh, surgeries, uh, dissections. I uh, immediately started taking transplant surgeries and it was just, it was just crazy. And so, uh, the same thing kind of happened like what happened at my original facility. And I just got very anxious about the patients that I was taking care of. Like these are patients that they literally have their sternum cracked and the surgeons are doing surgery on the heart. They stop the heart for most cases and actually do surgery on the heart. So, um, it, it gave me a lot of anxiety. And so eventually I got to the point where, you know what, I'm going to get my next certification. And so I got my CSC or my cardiac surgery certification. And it did the same thing that the CCRN did for me is it, it made me feel more comfortable taking these patients. And this test was by far uh, way more harder than the uh, CCRN. So me passing this one actually gave me a very big confidence boost. Uh, it was a lot more critical thinking. Uh, there's hardly any uh, study material out there for this certification, which I plan on addressing with this website. Um, but yeah, so I, I have started feeling a lot better taking these patients. And then eventually I get into the uh, charge nurse role after being here for, I think it was about six months. After six months, they wanted me to start uh, charging. So the good thing about this facility is charge nurses usually don't take any patients. Um, so you're basically like a resource nurse. And that's something that really stuck out to me like when I was orienting and when I was uh, interviewing 
it, it's very important to have safe staffing in nursing and to have resources available to you. I don't think a charge nurse is uh, any good to anybody if they're taking patients, but that's just my two cents with that. Um, so anyways, I start charging. Um, I love it. I love being able to be a resource to other nurses. There's, um, you know, we have a lot of senior nurses and we also have a lot of new nurses and a lot of newer nurses, kind of like how I was whenever I first started working here. Um, and it's, it's nice to have the knowledge to help these people, to help the patients, to help the nurses, to help even the residents, help the doctors. And it's just, it's something that's kind of expected of you whenever you're a charge nurse there. Um, so that's pretty much where we're at now. Um, and I'm still charging. I'm uh, precepting. I, you know, I get uh, students, I get uh, new nurses, I get nurses who have, you know, worked in other ICUs and are now coming to this ICU. And I help teach them how we do things here. I help uh, a lot of them have never done cardiac surgery before. And so it's uh, really nice to be able to um, be able to teach them that. So what I'm getting with this whole kind of story thing is um, it is entirely possible for you to go from new nurse to ICU nurse to CVICU. Um, it's, it just takes a lot of persistence. It takes a lot of learning on your own time. You're not going to learn everything you need to know just by, um, you know, just by going to work. So you, you, there is some time that you have to spend at home um, reading and studying and the, I'm just kind of weird in that, that I, I like to do that. You know, it's always nice to be doing something on the computer and then just have your study material up on another screen or another part of the screen and do what you love and uh, listen to a podcast or something uh, while you're doing it. And it, if you're really serious about nursing, if you're really serious about ICU and if you're really serious about CVICU, it's really important that you do these things. So, um, future of this channel, of this uh, website, I am uh, planning on releasing a course um, for the CSC. Um, the AACN does offer a course. Uh, it does offer CEUs with it. It is the course that I use to pass my CSC. Um, however, I feel like it's a little drawn out. Um, I feel like the audio could be a little bit better and I feel like some of the material could be uh, condensed and some of the main points can be um, hit a little bit better. Um, I'm also gonna be uh, doing some videos, educational videos, maybe some uh, nursing lifestyle videos, but um, I'm also gonna have some guests on. Uh, I. I do um, ultrasound IVs. Uh, I kind of want to do a uh, little series on that, on uh, how to do it, because whenever I was at my other facility, I taught myself how to do it through YouTube um, and eventually got the approval through my manager to actually start putting in IVs um, with the ultrasound that our intensivists use to put in central lines. Um, and that's a whole other story on how I got into that, but um, I'll definitely talk about that. Um, other than that, just, uh, thank you for 
listening to this first episode. Uh, I know it's, I mean, I guess this is kind of what the uh, length of a podcast usually is. So uh, we're coming up to about 25 minutes. But um, if there's anything that y'all want to know, I have some um, previous uh, blog articles I had written from my other website that I did about a year ago that I'm going to be um, transferring over to this website. Um, and then eventually we're going to start selling some uh, merch, some t-shirts, uh, stickers, things like that. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But if there are any topics that you would like uh, to be covered, please let me know. Um, and that's pretty much it. So uh, thanks for watching, or I guess you're listening. Um, and, and I will talk to you all later. Bye.